But I hate when I feel like this And I never hated you Neurotica is a weekly podcast going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind and bringing them to light. Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception, and more. Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Neurotica. We're here today on a beautiful Thursday night. Um, I think I just got a flash flood warning. Um, Bobby and I are here tonight with a little bit of a change. Usually we talk a lot about my own mental health, but tonight we're going to be digging a little bit into Bobby's mental health and how he almost um, burned down an entire city. Uh, but we both had very interesting weekends. Um, we were trending in much different directions. Mine started at a very low point and went very high. Bobby started at probably a medium point but ended up lower than anybody could ever possibly go. So, Bobby, where were you over the weekend? Cody, uh, as we mentioned on our vacation episode not too long ago, I made my first trip out to the West Coast of my entire life. I went out to Los Angeles for my cousin's wedding. Went out with uh, my girlfriend, Isabel, my brother, Connor, and all of our cousins, who, as I've said before, were very close with, were out there. So I was skeptical heading into the trip, I think. I have a preconceived notion of Los Angeles and California based on tourism, commercials, where it's people talking about all the bad things people say about California and being like, that's not true. It's, I'm Kim Kardashian running on a mountain. Kim Kardashian? Like the, the king of the Kardashians? I'm almost positive I said Kim. I don't know. We can listen back to it. Stop we'll, the podcast. We'll check the tape. Yeah, check the tape. But, so, and not only those tourism commercials and everything, but, you know, the movie biz, entourage. Everybody's um, favorite stuff. Just people moving out, like Bill Simmons and my cousin moving out there and being like, oh, wow, I'm never coming back. Fuck the East Coast. Great to see. All, all of that just made me think, I don't think this place is going to be for me. Yeah, and obviously going out there was really hard because you were in love with your cousin and she was getting married. He was getting married, but yes. Oh, so yeah. But... Aside from that, correct. Okay, so you're in love with your cousin. Um, yeah, so you, you had this trip, you're going to L.A. Me and you were getting in arguments because you were actively saying you hope you don't like L.A. I've been actively trying to trick you into moving to L.A. because I, I had no notion that you would like it. I just wanted to, you to tolerate it enough. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, my weekend started actually in Chicago. I was out there for work. I was there for only two days, Thursday and Friday night. I come back on a Friday flight. Um, usually when I leave, my flights are delayed. Um, but this time it was on time. But as soon as I get on the flight, somebody's sitting in my seat. General frustrating thing. I'm already tired and stuff because it was like a kind of late flight. And I'm like, hey, you're in my seat. And the guy stands up to like to let me in the middle. And I assumed he heard me and was just being a dick, like, oh, I'm going to take the aisle. And I was really pissed off. So I get in my seat and I slam my bag down. Then another person comes up and is like, hey, I think you're sitting in my seat. And I'm like, oh, I think he's sitting in my seat. So we just need to get him moved. And the guy next to me says, uh, why didn't you say something? This guy, I'm talking about like a third individual or a fourth individual at this point who does not have anything to do with the situation besides uh, not to the jump guy, in. Not the guy that was sitting yeah, in your seat. Yeah, not the guy sitting in my seat. 
Um, and the guy who was sitting in my seat was like, I'm sure it's mine. And then found out that he like was checking his flight from before. So common mistake. But the guy next to me goes like, why didn't you say something? I was like, I did say something. He goes, well, you kind of mumbled. And I said, okay. And I guess he caught um, a whiff of what I was putting down because he walked that back really quickly. And I was not about to deal with this guy for the flight. So I was just a little frustrated. So he lucked out. Yeah. You, didn't, you didn't beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Look, I was, I was going to be, like, at the point where I was going to tell this guy, I'm like, if I hit you, I'm getting thrown off the plate, but they're probably going to throw you off, too. So, choose your words carefully, sir. Um, but then, flight was all right. We land at 10. Um, but they're like, oh, there's some other flights that are a little delayed. So, they're in our gates. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, we'll get a gate soon. It's kind of frustrating. Um, we get to our gate, and we get radioed after we're waiting for, like, 15, 20 minutes. It goes... Uh, so we're at our gate, but uh, they forgot to tell the bridge driver we switched gates, so it's going to be a little bit until he gets over here, a couple of minutes. So I didn't get off this flight until 1040, um, so that was just the setup for my weekend. So I, I was in a really bad place for the weekend, um, it got worse from there, but Bobby, your, yours was a little bit more of a trip, so I, I want to like kind of interweave our stories a little bit and how they mine started really low. Your trip... In theory, even though you have these preconceived notions, start should start off pretty high though, because you're on a vacation, you're not at work, you're going for your cousin's wedding, it's a celebration. So we went into our weekends in much different places, but you were in LA for a while before even that weekend kicked off, right? Uh, before the wedding stuff did, yeah. Um, we flew out Wednesday, and I got to experience a classic stand-up bit of there being a baby in front of me. Great. Which was awesome. Uh, My favorite I, I think you sh- from I Think You Should Leave. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I Think You Should Leave. I was literally thinking of that guy the whole time. Um, so, and my brother was supposed to sit in front of me. I'm in the middle seat. Connor's in the middle seat in front of me. But yeah, we get funny. there, and there's a baby sitting in the window seat. And the mom is sitting in Connor's seat. And she's like, well, it would be unfair to make him sit in between us and to be getting up over him the whole time, whatever. Would they, like, work it out? Connor ends up sitting, like, next to her husband and other daughter or something. The baby is crying the entire fucking time, and the mom is yelling at the baby the entire fucking time. Yelling at the baby? Shh! Shut up! Shut up! Sit down! Shh! Shh! Shut up! Shut up! Stop! Stop crying! Shh! I'm like, you are as fucking annoying as your child, and you're a full-grown woman, so you should know better. Did you at any point hear her say, uh, fuck you, Harley Jarvis? No, I'm certainly thinking it, um, but... In this case, the mom was Harley Jarvis because she was the one that I was, I was mad at. I was like, it's not. I'm, I'm sure that there's some situation that you have to bring the baby, um, and it's not the baby's fault that they're crying, but you're just acting like such a fucking asshole. Like, yeah. Not to to the baby, to the flight attendants. You're making a scene in front of everyone else that's on the flight. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. But, um, I was. I was reading the whole way out there. I was listening to music, so like it was annoying, but it was mostly fun. And then we landed, um, went and picked up our rental car. That'll come back into play later in the story. And remember that one for later. <laughs> we went to In and Out Burger, which was super overrated. And then we drove from the rental car place on Airport Boulevard in Englewood to our Airbnb in Hollywood. Which, I, I again, when I heard this, I actually got really upset because when I found out you were going to Hollywood, then I was like, oh, yeah, Hollywood does fucking suck. You should hate that. Yeah, so it was it was interesting because, well, first of all, 
everything that you've heard about LA traffic is true. It's yes. horrible. It took us like 50 minutes to get there. Traffic the entire way. I'm like looking at my GPS and like trying to go down side streets and shit to get around traffic. Like it kind of made me feel like I was like smart and a local. Like, oh, I'm taking this shortcut. But at a certain point, Isabel's like, oh, look up there. You can see the Hollywood sign. And going into it pessimistically and having just driven for 45 minutes and it's fucking hot out. And I was just like, cool. Like some letters. They can have those anywhere. I don't really care. But they don't have them anywhere. They only have them in Hollywood. They don't. And eventually I did start to think and find it interesting that I have this conception of Hollywood in my head from um, movies, um, like Entourage, but also like um, L.A. Confidential, uh, like L.A. Noir, the video game, old uh, crime podcasts about old crimes in Hollywood. Casting and, couches. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> casting. Well, yeah. Like that is actually like a part of it of like the seedy underbelly of show business and stuff like that. So to actually get there and see that it's like it has all of that history and a lot of entertainment and media is based there. Like we were pretty close to the CVS lots and stuff like that. But to see that this place that's in my head is like Hollywood, like kind of on a postcard, like yeah, going diagonal nice. and underlined and all stuff like this, just having that mesh with just the reality of like, it's just like, kind of a not that nice neighborhood where people like actually live and go about their day-to-day lives uh that was pretty interesting so and i think one thing that um you know when you told me you're in hollywood i was a little disappointed because i stayed in silver lake which silver lake is a little bit more mix of hipster family area so it's kind of the you know it gave me like a little bit of a philly vibe but in la um, and I stopped at like my first day there, I stopped at like a local Mexican place where you went to like in and out and you had these high expectations. I was like, Ooh, like some local food. It's really good. And the Hollywood Hills, like just like, even though it, it's a hike, I was kind of staying in some of those Hills. And like the first picture that I like, I, I got in late. So the first night I didn't see anything. And the first picture I got was like, you know, a beautiful Hill in the background. So I had a much different view than you. And I was kind of disappointed knowing that you had these preconceived notions and you were going right into the belly of the beast where I was kind of like on the outskirts where, you know, for me, obviously, when I went to L.A., I had it set up so it was going to be a fun weekend that I went to a music festival and I walked along Sunset Boulevard to Laker, or not Lakers, uh, Dodger Stadium. We I didn't get to go in the stadium, but, you know, I'm in the parking lot, Camp Flognall, some of my favorite artists ever there. And, um, you know, I did some legal stuff while I was there, uh, while I was at Camp Flognall, so... I had a much different like experience you going filed in. Filed a lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. That um, LA Confidential. Um, no, I, I I did some stuff that is legal in California and had a good time. And I guess you know. I don't think we're gonna get prosecuted if you say that you like took edibles and smoked weed. I didn't suppose to have edibles in, but they weren't checking that hard. Um, but we we had different experiences with it. So I was like, I really wanted you to like LA, but when you told me you were going to Hollywood, I was like, all right, that's it. Like, but nobody could have told thought what would happen next to you, but. Uh, I'm going to put that in pause. I'm going to intertwine my story more so people get really confused. Um, so, yeah, you're out there. We're talking to you a little bit. But you're having some generic, like, you know, touristy experiences. You have some, like, ups and downs. Like Yeah, we, we drove through the um, Hollywood Hills, like, up where the really nice houses are and stuff. And I don't know. <laughs> it's just not something that I care about. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, there's nice houses, like. Some of the, Isabel and like our friends that we were with were like, "Oh my God, it's a lemon tree!" I was like, 
Okay, I don't care about lemon. But I, but I do like the you know the views and stuff like that. And I get we talked about this plenty. I love warm weather. You like colder weather. So we, we always differ on that. But yeah. you know, I came from Chicago. Yeah, you were in a city that I much prefer to. Los yeah, Angeles. which I love Chicago, but it was just I was there for two days for work. I the first night I got in, I was late, so it was just really late. Went to my hotel. Second night, didn't really have much to do, so I go get drinks. So I go out to a nice restaurant. But I just didn't have the energy to go do stuff. I fly back Friday night. Um, kind of getting a little bit of a fight with my girlfriend. That was 100% my fault. If she's listening, I admit it to the world. I had um, one of those too. Yeah. Not <laughs> <then>, my fault. <laughs> and then um, Saturday, we start cleaning my roof deck. Um, and the literally, we were just scrubbing. Like, since the second I woke up, I started helping her. And she was still a little upset with me. So I was like, oh, I want to help you. And I didn't understand why she was, like, willing to clean it all out of spite. But I was like, I'm not going to let her do this. But we started having a good day because we are like, you know, we're doing a cool thing together, like a housework kind of thing. Um, and everything's feeling good. We're about to go to this concert. And then I'm going to keep this mostly private, but I just had this, like, unnecessary blow up at a friend where I just completely, like, my mind ran in front of me and just started assuming so many things that weren't true. And I had a complete meltdown. I started crying at during the opener of the concert, like, profusely crying, clearly having a breakdown crying, thinking I'm a bad person, kind of pull it back together. And all of this backdrop is... I'm only seeing a band I love. Afterwards, I'm supposed to go to my favorite bar, which is Adobe Cafe, which we talked about in the podcast. People know it. If you don't know it, if you're even part of Philly Twitter, though, you probably have heard of it at this point. Closing down. It, it was its last weekend ever. 6-9 was the last day. Nice. But we were going out for 6-8. It was a friend's birthday. And I was at the point, I didn't want to go out with my friends. Like I just did not want to be there because I didn't feel like I deserved to even see them. Even the one person I had a, like a little tiff with, though, we went, he gave me a hug, and I was like, yeah, I'm just a dumbass. Have a good night. But then I wake up the next day, you know, I'm, I'm hungover. I'm still, you know, self-loathing. I'm hating myself for the way I'd acted over the weekend for no reason. I go to therapy. I didn't even want to go. I almost skipped it. Go to therapy. You know, it's a really kind of, like, difficult session to say, everything in my life is going great, and I undid it in, like, a week. And, um... You know, I'm supposed to go right after to meet my girlfriend at this uh, beer garden. And they redirect me and say, well, we're not going to the beer garden yet. Um, you know, somebody's running late or something like that. So I come home. Uh, my girlfriend's just sitting on the couch. Say, oh, yeah, I'm just hanging out. And she's like, oh, walk upstairs. The cat's, you know, laying in a really cute position. And I walk upstairs. And what do I see, Bobby? Uh, I see all of your friends. Surprise! <laughs> uh, Except yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, not Bobby. It was a surprise party. And I got to say... Anybody who's there, or, you know, just listening, like, I could not be more grateful. I was completely caught off guard. The first person I saw was my friend Justin. And I was like, oh, my God, why the fuck is Justin here? And it explains why my girlfriend asked if I cried at therapy. Because it would have been much awkward and more awkward if I walked into the surprise party after I just bawled my ass out of therapy. <laughs> but then it was like, you know, I'd never had a surprise party before. I, I was completely overwhelmed, blown away. It was a great party. I want to thank everybody who's part of it. Had a great time. And then we went back out to Adobe, some of us. And we all had a competition to see if we could buy the dumbest shit. Um, our friend Jim bought a plant, um, a fake plant from the stage. River kept trying to get some good stuff. I got the bathroom sign. I'm told that River carved fuck Nazis into one of the tables. Yeah, it was like a granite table, dude. Not like a shitty, like, what do what? You just, just watched it do it. And I was like, huh, yeah, that makes sense. And it had been, like, one of the greatest weekends of my life. Because I got to see one of my favorite bands. And I got to spend all that time with my friends and be surprised. And it was a great party. So many people came out. And... I felt so great, and then I also kind of felt bad because let's talk about Bobby's weekend on the other side of the world. All right, so 
Now, let's say it's Thursday. Um, we can say it. Still in Hollywood. I go out to get... I needed to go get, like, a toothbrush and toothpaste and stuff. Um, so I'm just, like, walking, and every... Every street is, like, a four-lane, like, two ways... Two lanes going both ways, like... Takes forever to get anywhere. It's What's wrong with going out. both ways, Bobby? <laughs> During Pride Month of all months. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. But so I'm I'm just like hating walking around. I'm like, this place fucking sucks. I feel like I have to cross a highway. I feel like I'm in a huge suburb. There's I don't feel like there's anything that I have any interest in doing. I just do not. I'm not liking Los Angeles. I'm not thinking. Just not I like it at all. But that night, we went, um, me, Isabel, Connor, and all my cousins, or a lot of my cousins, went out to Sir, which is the restaurant where the Vanderpump Rules TV show is based. Which, not not in my Q-Zone, but... Uh, not in your Q-Zone, but in a lot of people's Q-Zone. Sure. Um, we, Isabel and my cousin's girlfriend saw the owner, who is also on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills... Um, so they were really excited about that. The food was not that good, but that's <laughs> kind of the reputation the place has. It doesn't, it's actually ingenious. The food doesn't need to be any good. Yeah, they, they got the draw. People are willing to just go. It's like Cheesecake Factory. Just the awe of the fact that you can have anything you want that some, like, shitty teenager puts on a grill for five seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, amazing. It, I don't, I don't think that she's very good at running restaurants necessarily, but she's very good at Getting people to go to restaurants, <laughs> even if they're not that well run. It's like about restaurants. You don't really need people to like it as long as new customers are coming constantly. That's true. Um, Which, again, it's, it's funny because when I was in L.A., I stopped in a restaurant that was like, had no clue what it was. I had one of the best meals of my life. And every experience I heard about yours was just like, this sucks. Crap, dang it. Well, we did go to a place called the uh, the Griddle Cafe. I think it's known there as the Griddle. Um, and they just have like these enormous pancakes. And I got like a really good... Um, it was like an enormous take on Eggs Benedict, kind of. Ooh. It was delicious. So that okay. was actually really good. Um, our friends who will later become heroes, um, took us out there. Isabel had been there before. So we went to Sir Sexy Unique Restaurant, and then we went to two other places owned by Lisa Vanderpump Pump and Tom Tom. Both feature- Are you doing like a Vanderpump tour or something? Kind of. They're all they're all like within a couple blocks of each other. Okay, sure. And Isabel and my a couple of my cousins are like huge fans of the show, so we had to go. We had we had a really good time. Um, so the next day, we went to me and Is went to Rodeo Drive for a bit, um, and got lunch at a place. It was okay. Walked around to Rodeo Drive, and I just wanted to fucking kill myself because there was, like, Gucci Jesus sandals that were, like, highlighter yellow with random metal sticking out of them, and they were, like, $1,100. There was, like, a $4,500 leather jacket. Like, just everything was so outrageously expensive that it just made me... It. Yeah, but, Bobby, you went in that trip with a lot of money, right? Ha, <laughs> that's... I did not because my car had been towed for unpaid parking tickets and I had to uh, unexpectedly pay 600 or so dollars uh, to take care of that. I think we really started to get the theme of where this is going. Yeah. Well, it was it was interesting, but shopping is not 
really my thing. Sure. Shopping at high-end stores that I will never in my life be able to afford is especially not my thing. And seeing how stupid a lot of the stuff there just kind of bummed me out. But me and Iz split up then. I drove up to Redondo Beach, which is where the hotel was that we were staying, um, because that's where the wedding and everything was. Is hung out with a couple of her friends. Um, Redondo Beach is where, once the once we're at the hotel, that's all of my cousins are up there too. So that was really what I was looking forward to about the trip more than anything. Like I would go to Alaska and hang out with my cousins because we just always have a good time. So that's when it kind of started to turn around. There was a little bit of drama because of a misunderstanding. Is brought her friend out to a dinner. That turned into an impromptu rehearsal dinner oh, where no. speeches were given. <laughs> and my one cousin was one of his... So the one that was getting married had two brothers. They were both his best men. They gave speeches and the one said, almost everyone here is friends or family, part of the inner circle. And then the one person that was that made him say almost was Isabel's friend. Jesus. So she got really upset. She thought everyone was pissed off at her, which is not the case, but anxiety. It's not outrageous that she would feel that way. I handled it poorly. Whatever, whatever. I think I've seen the <laughs> Seth Rogen movie before, actually. If not, it's coming out soon. Um, but yeah, so that night was mostly fun aside from that. And then the wedding was awesome. It was my cousin's, now wife is Armenian. She was born in Armenia and came over here when she was little. She's a dentist. Her family, obviously, born in, all born in or, and live most of their lives in Armenia for her parents. So it was half American music, half Armenian music, which is not that sim- not that dissimilar from like American EDM kind of, but with like a little bit different instrumentation. Okay. Um, that sounds like it'd be a fun ass wedding. Yeah. It was. It was a lot of fun. Uh, my cousin's friends are a lot of fun. Were the, was the food good? Yeah. No, yeah. Not really. But I've never had Armenian. I wasn't food, that so. worried about it. <laughs> Apparently, the when Armenian people dance, it's very simple. It's kind of like when white people dance. It's just like two things over and over again. It's kind of like, Bobby, Bobby's <laughs> doing a visual of just like. <laughs> Pointing his hands in one direction <laughs> yeah, you, and you, then just do You literally it. just like shuffle your hands in yeah. one direction and then go the other way and do it again. Okay. I, I, I think the visual is very strong <laughs> in my mind. I'm, if you're not sure what to look for, just... And my cousin was yelling at us. I, like, I, sat, I sat down at one point just to get my breath in, in Armenian song was playing. My brother comes over and he's like, uh, yeah, Kev says you gotta fucking dance to the Armenian music. Don't make it awkward. Oh my God. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this so I was doing you. that before. Um, so I... So the weekend saved, though, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't sleep at all that night. Um, Sounds like your fault. Which was my fault. But I was looking forward to sleeping on the plane. So I figured we'd go to the airport. Our flight was at 4.30. And what day was the flight? Was it Sunday. 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 Yeah. Flight was 4.30 Sunday. Um, so I figure I'll go get a couple of beers at the airport, pass out on the flight. It'll be good. Uh, we're at brunch what was a three-hour brunch uh, for reasons that pass understanding. And Isabel got a text that the flight was canceled. So we scramble, try to figure out what we're going to do. Hotel is apparently completely booked up on a Sunday. I don't know why. So we couldn't get the hotel for another night. So Dick-sucking we... conventions in town. Well, it was 
pride that day. So technically, you're probably right, actually. You made the joke, not me. Um, <laughs> so that got canceled. So we ended up booking uh, a flight that night, connecting flight in Dallas. It's at like 1130. So we decided to go down to the city proper for check out pride go to a couple yeah, bars more fun you know it's, it's yeah that makes it all worth it then. i throw on like a rainbow tie-dye shirt and like a teal bandana that our friends give us just to try to fit in a little bit better um but go have fun go to the airport as we get to the airport isabel gets a text that the flight's canceled so we're like well fuck she's she's supposed to be working the next day were you supposed to be working the next day? No, I had taken Monday off. Okay. So we get in line um, for customer service to try to figure out what we're going to do. And it takes forever because everyone's flight is getting canceled. Apparently there was really bad weather in Dallas-Fort Worth, which is a big connecting flight hub. And so when there's a lot of bad weather there, it means that a lot of planes can't get into LA. It sure. means that the planes that are supposed to be taking people elsewhere aren't there. It's not easy to get just more planes either. No, and from uh, my understanding, and apparently on top of that, American Airlines, uh, my new mortal enemy, is canceling a lot of flights over the next couple months because of Boeing grounding a particular jet. Sure. So just between those two things, everyone had their fucking flight canceled. Enemy so. of the podcast, American Airlines. This is your chance, United. <laughs> you could sponsor us, send us places. We'll pod there. Um, yeah. Delta, stay the fuck away. I don't want anything to do with you. Southwest. Make sure. Your, make your best offer. So we, we get up to the front of the line, and we're talking to the woman, and she says, the next direct flight to Philly is tomorrow night at 9, Monday night. So we were supposed to go Sunday afternoon. She says the next flight's tomorrow night at 9. So we're like, that is completely unacceptable. We can't do that. So... We and at this point, through. they've been so great to you and accommodated you so well, right? Uh, besides having to wait forever because they canceled every fucking flight um, and weren't willing to put up any money for us to get a hotel or for transportation or anything. Um, so basically, they completely fucked us in every way imaginable. So eventually, I come up with the bright idea. If we can't get to Philly, what about Baltimore or JFK or Newark or something like that? So we end up booking a flight to JFK the next morning in New York City. Connect. So we'll be going to San Francisco and then New York City. So we've had two flights canceled so far. Uh, our friends who lent me the shirt and stuff that we went out to breakfast with say, you guys come stay here, like sleep on the couch. We'll do an inflatable mattress for you. They're like the greatest, the nicest people on earth. Like I can't thank them enough. I, um, they're friends of the podcast. Like, we're just we're just compiling a list on this episode of friends and enemies. I'm just sitting back and right. taking notes over here of Bobby's journey. Um, and I, 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 to be clear, I heard a lot of this, you know, piecemeal. Bobby coming in the chat, and um, I, I've experienced Bobby's wrath mostly through Sixers, but I think this is the most I've ever seen you upset about anything. So well, it was hard because. Which is fair. Every, everything is booked in Isabel's name. And they're just completely giving her the fucking runaround. Canceling everything. Where I'm saying, like I said when we were at the desk, what other airlines have a flight that you can put us on? And she's just like, no. No, there's none. 
which is just bullshit, I know, because my cousin flew out, like, fucking Alaskan Air the next day. No problem. So, yeah. so they're, care. they're not helping us at fucking all. And then we get back, and we're... I, like, ran to a supermarket to get pizza rolls or something, because I'm hungry. And half an hour later, Isabel gets another text. Flight's fucking canceled. Bah, bah. It's unfucking believable. So... She's in just a state so stressed out because she can't really miss work. She's a lead. She works at a school. She can't really miss work. So we end up just booking the next afternoon or evening a direct flight to JFK. We're going to take Amtrak back home. Finally sleep. (laughs) This is the one good thing that happened that day. I finally got to sleep. The next morning or the next day. We go to the airport, we go to get our boarding passes and our bag tags, and an error message comes up and says, you can't print your bag tag. And so we have to go stand in the customer service line. Uh, we get there at 1.30, the flight boards at 4. We have to stand in this customer service line for two hours. Two fucking hours we had to stand there. It turns out that somehow the airline booked us for both a connecting flight and a direct flight. So it couldn't couldn't print bag tags because it didn't know what to print for. Like, completely their fucking fault. We sprint through security. Luckily, they get through. I I have my edibles and that I bought at the dispensary in the bag. I'm just like... I... I can't afford to be stopped, but I don't. Everything is going fucking wrong. TSA is definitely going to arrest me in New York or something like that. In, in, but you uh, skipped a part too. Probably my favorite part of all of this, just the one that completely out of left field should not have happened with your. Oh, uh, oh yeah. So when we were, I had Bob, Bobby's like having. I'm, I'm trying to put PTSD it all. I'm right trying to now. put it all so together. Bad. <laughs> Because Connor, so my brother is registered to drive the car as well. Thank God. And he drives to the airport. So he pulls out of the... No, fuck. (laughs) This was Sunday night. This is before the second flight even got canceled. We... Connor is driving because I was drinking at Pride. And he pulls out and he, like, hits the mirror on the big cement... um, pillar in the parking garage for our friend's house that we were staying at but the mirror is meant to snap back so we're like oh thank god yeah. it's fine so you guys actually avoided the crisis for once with yeah. the whole weekend so i dropped the car off going through everything just with the guy that's there to like take like do intake or whatever it's called and he's like Did anything happen i was like no everything's good he's Oh, you scratch the car a little bit, and I look, and there's a huge fucking scratch (laughs) from the the cement thing. Isabel is already, like, upset because it took us an extra half hour to get there because of fucking roads being closed, because Los Angeles is the worst goddamn city on the face of the fucking planet. (laughs) Calm down. I wanted to argue because they charged me a lot of money to extend my rental by seven hours, which I had to do because my fucking flight got canceled. Which they gave you nothing for. I didn't get a chance to argue about it because I had to take so long on the intake because of the scratched fucking door. 
uh, and then we had to get on the shuttle to get to the airport to get to the flight that got canceled. <sighs> okay, but it all works out. We get through security quickly, and our flight got pushed back. So we make it on the flight fine, get to JFK, uh, no TSA agents arrest me. Uh, JFK was like deserted because it's 2.30 in the morning or something like that on a Monday morning. Deserted until Tracy Morgan walks through with a guy who's <laughs> bumping Barry White on a boombox. That was my favorite part of the whole story. I was in L.A. for four fucking days. I didn't see one famous person. I saw Reggie Watts, and that's not even as... But I didn't see any famous people. <laughs> not one. Not two. And then as soon as I get out of L.A., I see Tracy Morgan, who's a great famous person. Like, one of the best famous people. You could not ask for that much better of a famous person. Um, so then we have to get a cab from JFK to Penn Station so that we can take a train to Philly. So after all this, we're still not even in the right fucking city. But we do get the Amtrak. I continue watching Broadchurch, which I started on the flight. And we get home. And I sleep for two hours. Isabel sleeps for no hours. She immediately starts getting ready and then has to go to work and go to Dorney Park. Great. For work, where she gets completely sunburned. I sleep for two hours and then I have to start working from home. So that was uh, the end of the vacation, which (laughs) completely will forever taint my view of Los Angeles. Even though that part isn't actually Los Angeles' fault, it's American Airlines' fault. But that will just be what it... That's the cherry on top of the time spent in the city that is completely not my vibe at all. That I liked as much as I expected to, which was zero. And that was it. Okay. Bobby, breathe a little bit. Take a deep breath. American Airlines is the worst goddamn fucking Bobby? business I've ever come across in my life. It's unbelievable. Bobby. We had to spend like... on Ubers and cabs and Amtrak tickets. I'm probably underestimating it. Bobby, take a breath. (sighs) Okay, reset here. Okay. Welcome to the mental health discussion, Bobby. (laughs) Now, obviously, you had the worst experience ever. You were pushed to your mental limit, which some of us with mental health could be pushed to that limit with much smaller things. Uh, You seem to have PTSD about... LA, American Airlines, your whole trip. I would say that I'm braver than a troop for having put up with all this. Certainly. So, with all that in mind, I'm calling on our listeners to help us fund Bobby's trip back to LA for (laughs) one more chance. No, Bobby... Subscribe to the Patreon. (laughs) Bobby, if I had gone through that, this podcast episode probably wouldn't happen for like a month. I would be like, I don't want to fucking talk about this. So, I... You can't even talk about the Sixers Raptors series. Yet. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. Um, I want to thank you for your bravery. Braver, braver than the troops. Um, but I mean, to go through all of that, still, still be here. Commend you. Um, but no, like I, I remember even I was like talking to Tony, and I like, I don't know what the fuck my deal is. Um, I was getting mad at you because you were like insinuating we move to L.A was a fucking idiot, but then I realized, like, maybe it's not my time to chime in here. <laughs> and you 
you're like, yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to vent, but I, yeah. I could kind of tell that you were getting personally offended. <laughs> Which is stupid. No, but we of course had much different trips to LA. But um, yeah, you coming back, I realized I was being selfish. But I'd never had a podcast episode where I didn't talk that much because I wanted to sit back and be in awe of the story because that that's probably one of the funniest stories ever in hindsight. But I can only imagine being there. Like, I was pissed off some dude was sitting in my seat for, like, half a second. <laughs> I threw my bag down with my work laptop and almost fought another passenger because somebody sitting in my seat for half a second. You should have punched a pilot. Like, they should have given... And American Airlines gave you nothing from nothing. what you said. Like, they should be sued on the spot. Hard. You're going to get some kind of $10 voucher from later when they get sued from, like, some class action lawsuit. That ain't going to make up for shit. Uh, there, there were some interesting, like, things going through my head during all this. One thing, actually, one thing after was that we saw a guy tweeting that someone they knew had, like, all these flights canceled out of LAX by American Airlines and all this stuff, and, like, all these people were tweeting at him, like, yeah, it was horrible. So, like, this was not just us. We were probably more extreme because we had three flights canceled and then almost missed one. Because of American Airlines incompetence, but like I was, I was in line and I was like, "This sucks so fucking much <laughs> for us. This is so horrible." And then I was also looking at all the people around me and at the people working, and I was just like, "Wow, every single one of these people, it this is happening to them too, and it fucking sucks." And these people that are working here have to deal with all these people who are feeling like I do, like, my life sucks and someone needs to do something about it. And I'm nice to customer service people, but not everyone's going to be. So these people's lives are probably also fucking miserable because of the company that they work on sucking so much. And they can't really do anything about it. Like, their hands are tied. Yeah. And like, if you go to any... I'm, other- I'm sure that they wish that they could have booked me on another airline, or I'm sure they wish that they could have put us up in a hotel or something, but they don't necessarily have the power to do that. And if you go to any other country, you can tell how fucked, like, their TSA or their internal policies are by how happy the customer service people are. Like, Mexico was very clear that, like, Mexico right now, their big push is they're trying to be, like, the friendliest, like, come to Mexico vacation. Like, you walk out of the airport, there's, like, an Apple store worth of people just waiting to, like, tell you cool things to do in Mexico because, like, that's their whole thing right now is tourism. But, like, when I went to London... They were some cranky bastards, but there's still nothing worse than American TSA. Like, we're mad at TSA, but you know how, like, fucking frustrating it must be when somebody tries to come in with, like, four ounces of water, and you gotta be like, it's not three and a half ounces of water, and that person almost shits themselves over a half an ounce of water, and you can't just smack them in the face. Yeah, it fucking sucks, dude. So, like, having, having to deal with a herd of pissed off people who are pissed off in an airport, which is one of the worst places to be pissed off because all it can mean is that you can't get on the flight that you were supposed to be getting on. I, I literally had the thought that you had, too, is, like, is Bobby ever going to be able to leave L.A.? Like, that was that was the most ironic and hilarious part of it is that you hated L.A., but there was, like, a real scenario in my head where, like, it's a sitcom of Bobby just lives in L.A. for the rest of his life, constantly getting flight hit. Like, that's the end of every single episode is just this glimmer of hope, like, I'm going home. It's like, God! Yeah. Damn it! Well, that was one of the funny things that uh, Connor said when we were at our friend's apartment. Was Connor was just like, 
I kind of see now why so many people that come here from the East Coast never leave because they just can't get out. Yeah. I was like, it's literally like the Hotel California. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, yeah, I mean, that's it's pretty like apt. And it's funny because I, I had like no issues. And if I got stuck in LA, I'd probably have been like, well, cool. I get to do some of these things I think it be for you. It's just, I'm sorry I'm laughing so much, but like, usually these episodes are me having mental breakdowns. And I'm just so proud of myself. Have a good weekend. Dude. They put is through the fucking ringer. It yeah, that, that's bullshit. I will fist fight somebody for that. But uh, and then, yeah, the, I and I, you know, it was honestly the surprise party is great, but it, it did feel like you know I'm missing Bobby Diz, two of my best friends. But I like I almost want to like replicate the surprise party just for you guys, but uh, it's not how surprise parties work. Yeah, um, I felt bad because Tammy, I was I was trying to get Tammy to move it. Tammy <laughs> about it. I was like, oh, we're going to be in L.A., but also Brian's thing is that night, so maybe we yeah. have the next weekend? Well, also, that's the funny thing is, a very similar thing I found out on our, on our side is that Tammy moved the time of the party, like, three different times, including a day shift, so it's like, <laughs> your flights were lining up with my party getting moved, and um, apparently, like, I was... The reason why she even brought up that there was, like, a beer garden we are going to is they were actually going to redirect me completely somewhere we weren't going. Which would have just completely pissed me off. The original plan was to get you to go to a Phillies game. Yeah, which would have been great. Um, but no, everything turned out great. Got to go to Adobe one last time. And obviously there was a lot of um, sadness around Adobe 2. There was emotion in that. But Adobe will reopen, so that's really cool. I found out they're opening up about a month and a half and way closer to my house. So, way closer. Yeah. So can't be too upset about that. Probably won't be the same, but... Um, you know, for me, it was like this this weekend where things were like so rough and I was getting back into a dark place and then finding out all these people, you know, loved me was so awesome. But, you know, it I did miss you guys. I was so sad that you had to go through this shit. And when I realized, I, I felt more selfish that I even got offended by the things you were saying when I realized what you were going through and like you deserved events. So like, that's when I was like, I texted you like, hey man, are you back? Are you all right? Because I was like legitimately concerned. And, uh, you know, I... I'm so glad you're here now, and hopefully this weekend, you know, tomorrow's Friday. Hopefully you can enjoy it. I guess by the time the episode comes out, it will be Friday. But um, I think that's the worst thing about vacations, too. And, like, you know, we talked about the vacation episode. And the problem I have is, like, you need these breaks. And if the break is more of a burden than your job, it's like, well, fuck. Like, is this all life is? So, yeah, fucking sucks, Bobby. Yeah, that's... Our vacation in L.A. and the one that we took to Dublin were both, like, four days. And, I mean, you, you have to pay for lodging and stuff. So every day is obviously, like, more and more expensive. But four days is just, like, really not enough for something like that. Like, you feel rushed everywhere that you go. You feel like you need to make the most of every second. You can't. If you're relaxing, there's, like, a huge opportunity cost. Yeah. For stuff that you're not seeing. So hopefully next time I go on a vacation, I'll be able to take more like a full week and actually be able to relax and see more stuff. But um, would you ever go back to the West Coast for like a different city like Seattle, Portland? Yeah. Okay. I would go. I mean, I, I have a couple friends in Sacramento I would see. I have friends in San Francisco yeah, San I would Francisco's see. San Francisco's great. I just don't think. LA is for me. Yeah, and we'll we'll definitely try to go to those cities when we um fund this trip to LA for Bobby. 
Um, we're setting him out alone, too. I'm not planning on going. I'm kind of busy, so Bobby's going back out to L.A. by himself. Well, um, depending on how the live show goes, maybe we'll do a tour. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm sure our live show goes so great that we'll be asked the to tour immediately. Yeah, it'll be um, like Monterey Pop Festival. Or yeah. Dylan at Newport Folk goes electric. <laughs> everyone hears it around the world and we're suddenly a phenomenon. Yeah, I think that's probably the um, worst case scenario. That's, that's our floor. Yeah, I would say so. So, at so the National Libertarian Museum. So, Bobby, <laughs> fuck you. So, Bobby, do do you feel more um, in line with people with mental health things that you know you had to push to your mental limits because of the circumstances? But knowing that some people actually, this is how they react to things that are minor. Now, me, I, I don't think I'm quite to that level. I, I definitely overreact to things. I had a breakdown Saturday night at a fucking concert that I love, local natives. But do you feel like you have a better appreciation for it or do you feel like fuck y'all you didn't go through the shit i went through it is interesting i i didn't feel as much anxiety um i am a naturally optimistic person so it's just like it'll work out i was like yeah (laughs) aside from that but i was just like if it'll work out and if it doesn't work out then it'll still work out just a different way but i now that you frame it like that it is interesting to think that that level of anxiety that i was feeling is more of a daily thing for a lot of people so that uh that does give me i already had a lot of sympathy i think for people with mental health issues but that does give me a a little bit more of a degree of empathy because sure i can look back and feel or remember feeling the way that maybe they feel all the time yeah and that's that's really heartfelt, Bobby. But um, Jessica Biel's anti-vax now. What the yeah, fuck's with that? We, we have to talk about that. <laughs> this gonna... is the big thing from LA that's actually important. I was gonna try to make like a segue when I was nope. talking about the celebs and stuff like that, but yeah. So, um, obviously it's like shitty. Um, I, which I think, I, I, think I read her explanation. There is more nuance than. I think we're giving credit for in like yes. the immediate reaction. So her so. Instagram said that the reason she was pushing is not to be anti-vax. She's anti-lack um, of choice, I guess. Um, because someone she knows... But someone she knows, like, their child needed this, like, special exception because the, like, vaccines would permanently damage the child in some way. I'm not sure of the full context, but... Or if it's true. Yeah, but at the same time, you're fucking Jessica Beale. Like, if your friend needs a fucking exemption, you'll get it for them. Like, that's where... You, Bobby, you made, like, a really good point today on Twitter. It's just, like, all these people, you know, you made the connection between LA and, like, the anti-vax movement and stuff like that. If you'd like to reiterate your point, it made me kind of perk up to it. Yeah, so my point was, it's sort of the opposite of the famous quote that I don't think is actually by Albert Einstein. Where he says, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll spend its whole life thinking that it's stupid or something like that. It's like, if you judge a fish on everything, on its ability to swim, it'll spend its whole life thinking that it's amazing at everything. Yeah. So I think that if you're like a a rich, famous, successful celebrity like Jessica Biel, like Justin Timberlake, I think that that colors your perception of everything else. So you probably think that you're smarter and savvier than you actually are when it comes to things that are not actually within your expertise, such as science. And I think that if you're very wealthy and successful like them, you probably have a lot of leisure time 
and that combination of overestimating your own uh, intelligence and expertise with things and that free time, I think, is a perfect formula for a person to get sucked into something like uh, junk science or Scientology or a cold or uh, conspiracy theories, anything like that. And so while Jessica Biel does have more nuance to her argument, um, I still think that the thing that she's supporting, like, you're, you're still supposed to be able to get exemptions like that. The the bill like saying that you need to get these vaccinations isn't saying no one gets an exemption. And yeah. so then what is the harm of and the, the people that need exemptions are the people that need everyone else to be vaccinated the most. Just like little kids um, and the elderly need people to be vaccinated the most because if those people aren't vaccinated and they get sick, then those people are way more susceptible or sorry, way more susceptible to getting sick because they have compromised or weakened immune systems. So I, I want to take a step back, though. I, I do think the positive feedback loop exists, and I always look at it this way. Let's just talk about Twitter, something that we're on and we you know, interact with daily. If you're on Twitter and you put out a bad opinion and one person says they're with you and two people say you're against you, you're going to like argue with those two people and you're going to feel like, okay, um, you know, maybe there's something to my argument that's bothering people. And then, you know, even extrapolate that if one person's with you and it's like seven people against you. Once it gets to seven, at that point, you're like, well, maybe I'm a fucking dumbass. Now, if you're on Twitter and you're actually already famous, you know, your jokes alone are going to get more retweets. They're going to think you're funny and stuff. But let's say, you know, now 10,000 people are with you and 30,000 people are against you. You're starting to haze the line of like what you can quantify of who's for you and who's against you. You can do that confirmation bias and nitpick that positivity and then really start to pull the, the negative out and say, like, okay, well, those people just hate me for something else. But so many people love me and look at all the support I have. I must be doing something right. So it's like, it's just this sheer quantity, even if the fraction, the fractional, like, divide is still the same. Just having that quantity of people behind you, that's momentum. And it's like every single one is just a shot to your ego that keeps you going. So I think... Yeah. If Jessica Biel tweets that she's in favor of non-mandatory vaccination, she's going to get a lot of people that say, you know, flush me down a toilet queen. Yes, yeah. Like I agree. No matter like literally no matter what she Speaking says. Of, like the little fucking queen was getting all this like praise because she gave Trump a book or something. Like oh my the God, fucking queen so fucking can't stupid. read. Fuck her. She's a fucking entitled bitch. I don't <laughs> care about the queen. She's this inbred moron. There's no yeah. way that she knows how to read. But yeah, that, that that is the like feedback loop. Um, another thing that I forgot to mention was that a lot of if you're like rich and famous and successful, you, more than likely you have a lot of yes men. Yeah. Uh, in your employee or surrounding you, and so they are just telling you, yeah, you're smart, you're the greatest, all this stuff. I'm sure the I don't think the royal family has anyone <laughs> employed to just like whisper to them like you're only mortal. Which yeah. Well, I think it's a Game of Thrones. No, thing. nobody starts a cult with facts. People start cults with charisma. Yeah. So, me and Bobby started our cults. Just like Jesus. We're doing great. Yes. All right. Well, Bobby, I think that is, you know, this is the Bobby episode. This is the Lisa Simpson of our episodes. People aren't going to like this one. You're going to have to deal with that. You're going to get a lot of negative feedback from it. Just pick the good ones. Um, Bobby, what would you like to plug? Third um, mic, right? We got a third mic. Yeah, we have a third mic. That was last week's <laughs> announcement. Uh, we have... 
We have the live episode. The live episode, July twenty first. July twenty first. We will be going on around two p.m. at the uh, Libertarian Museum, the National Liberty Museum, Libertarian Museum. I think it's like Third and Chestnut or Market or something like that. Um, We'll uh, we'll tweet the details out. We'll tweet the details as it gets closer. Yeah, we're still we're still waiting on like I I think we're getting posters or something like that. Uh, I'd like to don't draw dicks on our posters unless it's really funny. I'd like to plug my Twitter at booby underscore styles, as well as my blog's Twitter at classes boring, and the blog itself, medium.com slash at classes boring. Um, I also wanted to plug um, something for our friends that allowed us to stay with them in LA when all the shit was going down. Um, it's a GoFundMe, Trish's long overdue road to healing. Our friend Trish had a. I believe it was either eight or 12 years of undiagnosed chronic Lyme and it has completely, uh, raw, raw havoc, uh, on her mind and body. Um, she has had mental health issues and she has not been able to figure out what they are. And a lot of it is the Lyme disease, physical issues, the same thing. And the CDC doesn't classify chronic Lyme, um, as a, disease that they recognize and so most of the treatments are not covered by insurance um so i wanted to plug the gofundme for that trisha's long overdue road to healing i'm going to uh tweet it out tweet out a link to it um from the podcast account she is an angel a lot of people um from philly twitter who are listening to this probably uh know her she hasn't been on twitter for a while but she was well loved uh back when she was so uh, I did want to plug that and see if we can, you know, it, it sucks that we don't have Medicare for all that covers all of these things. But until we do, um, unfortunately, we do have to make do with things like GoFundMe fundraisers and stuff like that. So um, yeah. please, if you have the means, uh, donate. If you don't, uh, please share. Yeah, so that we'll definitely post that to at Neurotic of the Pod. Um, I'm not going to post or uh, plug my uh, Twitters because you guys are probably sick of them at this point. But kind of on the same vein of Bobby's last week, you know, we had the episode about Planned Parenthood. Um, with my birthday, I did what I did every year. If I didn't plug it enough, uh, I did a little fundraiser of Planned Parenthood. Um, definitely donate to Bobby's cause first because that is a real person that can be applied to. But Planned Parenthood also needs your help. It's currently Pride Month. If you have someone, <laughs> those are also real people. Yes, but I'm saying that's like a real like direct cause that you know needs the immediate help. But Planned Parenthood needs our help, too. It's also Pride Month. Um, a lot of the parades have already happened, but feel free to donate to a lot of organizations that can help those that you may know that deal with a lot of the issues that um, you know aren't seen by people who have never been in that situation. Um, and support them mentally. You know, Let them know that you're there for them. If somebody attacks them, you're going to fight right back for them. So... Um, you know, this episode was definitely a little bit different for us because it's usually me ranting, but, you know, it just goes to show even Bobby, who's one of my strongest friends, who's just like, I, I, every time I see Bobby, I feel like he's got a lockdown and, you know, it's just kind of going with the flow. You know, he was put in a situation that really put him through the ringer and is was put through a lot. And just to say, like, just because you have the best laid plan and you have everything set in place, life can still throw you curveballs and it can still go really shitty. So, not telling you to donate the money to Bobby. Bobby's going to be fine. He's just going to pop an edible and, you know, chill out for a bit. But, you know, have a little sympathy. You don't know everybody's story. You don't know why they're upset. You don't know why they slammed their backpack in the middle of a plane. They might just be a dumbass like me 
Or they might be like, Bobby's been put through the fucking ringer with American Airlines. They can suck my fucking dick. Suck my dick. That's been Neurotica. Have a good night.